broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 232. I'm Schmitty. I'm Zoner. I'm Zoot. And Colin is dead. He made Killed it. at the hands of the president. I know. It's true. The president hired a hit. He just knew that Rim Farmer knew too much. Canadian terrorist that he was. It's sad. We but knew something you know big like this was going to happen, though. He'd been alive for so long. Yeah, but he, he always gets resurrected somehow, so there's hope. Worst it's a new hope. Ti- worst Time Lord ever. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a little bit longer than others to regenerate. <laughs> Well, and, and here's hoping that he does regenerate, because he's part of a, a new little outing here on Stolen Droids, right? I mean, we can't be without him too long. That's what I'm told. <laughs> Zahner, you, yeah. before we go into our sponsors, you want to introduce us all to your new little child of creation? My new little venture, because doing two podcasts wasn't enough, I decided I needed to do three. So, we have launched the Generic Geek Podcast. You might look at that and say, well... That's kind of a generic name. Yes, it is. Because we're going to cover pretty much anything geek-related, and plus all the other names were taken. Um, it t- actually took Colin and I like 45 minutes to come up with the name because everything we wanted to do was taken. But, yeah, it's going to be hopefully a weekly show where we sit down and just talk about a couple of the topics that are making the headlines in the world of geek. Uh, we just posted the first episode on September 3rd. What was that, Thursday? Um I don't even know what day it is anymore. That's how that's how awesome I am. And yeah, we had nice little conversation with our buddy Jared Phillips about some of his projects. And then we talked Star Wars because hey, we're geeks. And then we talked Wonder Woman because hey, more geeks. So check it out. It was it was a lot of fun to do. If you like it, you know, let us know. If you don't like it, let us know and we'll try and implement your feedback and take it from there. Excellent. Um you may be wondering where you can find it. At the moment, you can only find it at StolenDroids.com. We're working on getting it up on iTunes, Stitcher, all those different places. But the fact of the matter is it actually takes a little while to get the episodes up on those sites. So bear with us. But soon. Soon. Um, hey, shout out to our friends over at TrekRadio.net, CryptonRadio.com, OpenBookAudio.com, Stitcher.com, 4814, and Radio KSCR. 4814, best WordPress hosts out there in this galaxy or other galaxies far, far away. See that? Yes. Nice Star Wars reference. Thank you. Of course, we are recording on the eve of Force Friday. It is Force Friday in some parts of the world. Um, Like New York. Which, I gotta say, as a Star Wars fan, I like, and at the same time, I'm a little bit tired of it. Because... How how can you be tired of it? May the 4th, I like it. Because it's cute, right? It just, it fits. It's, It's funny as Star Wars Day. Um... The day Star Wars is actually launching. Okay, I'm excited for that. This seems like Force Friday, just purely for marketing moves. And that's all it is. It's all the Star Wars toys coming out today. That's that's what it is. It's it's all about the marketing. So I I just don't understand why we're why we're so happy to be marketed to. Because we get so, to buy stuff. <laughs> Says the person who has all of the uh, the geek paraphernalia that we're drooling over. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what that's you're only because I'm not recording from my office, Schmitty. 
yeah. You've seen my office. Yeah. I, I get that, but I don't know. This is all stuff I found, you know? This is stuff I had to go out and find. Kind of like it's part of the, uh, I don't know, it's part of the whole experience of having geek paraphernalia is going out and finding it rather than having Kenner toys shove this down my throat. I don't know if Kenner's even still around, but. <laughs> Hasbro. Hasbro, sure. <laughs> You know, though, let's honestly, let's jump in our headlines because we're talking about it. We might as well, because a few of the uh, Star Wars toys have already come out or been leaked or been announced. Yes, they they are out now. And uh, one of them, I will fully admit I want, but I don't want this tiny little version they have. Um, BB-8, that little soccer ball droid that you see uh, in the trailers, it's not a CGI effect. At least it, it isn't all the time. It's a practical no, robot. It- yeah, it's a practical effect, which is, I, I think that involves some sort of witchcraft and sorcery and possibly a chicken sacrifice. But you can have that witchcraft in your very own home for only $150 because they're selling a remote-controlled version of it that you can control with your phone. And it can project holograms in um, augmented reality. It can go everywhere. It can go on patrol mode. It can learn. from. It's freaking awesome. And yes, it, it really wor- is. It works just like it does in the movie. Kind of. Well, it doesn't hold intelligent conversation with you, but otherwise, <laughs> if that's not awesome, I don't know what is. Now, is that the one that you control with your app, with that you can control with the app on your phone? Yeah, yeah. Because there's two okay. versions. There's that one, and there's a cheaper one that um, isn't as interactive. $60. Yeah, correct. And that, that one's about 60 bucks. That one's got a little remote control with it. But this one that you're talking about, uh, MTV actually posted a list of the 31 best toys coming out on Force Friday. And we'll talk more about this in depth on the Generic Geek podcast. But that BB-8 app-enabled droid for 150 bucks is <laughs> actually their number one uh, nice. choice. That That is the best one. Number two is the... Hot Toys 1-6 scale Kylo Ren figure. And you look at that, and yeah, I've I've maintained for years that witchcraft goes into making those figures over at Hot Toys because they all look just phenomenal. That is cool. I, I'm personally excited for the uh, the Nerf blasters. Nerf is a big thing in our office. So they've got the Nerf Chewbacca bowcaster and Nerf uh, the First Order Stormtrooper Deluxe Blaster. I'm, I'm going to get those. <laughs> what about the Furbaka? The Furby Wookiee no, hybrid. No, 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 no. That thing needs killed with fire. <laughs> that thing need not exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know what we're talking about, it's a uh, Furby, basically, just dressed up like Chewbacca. And H to the no on that one. No. <laughs> Evil. Hey, they even have Star Wars dog toys. Yes, this is true. Which you is... Can, your dog can chew on a star- Stormtrooper. Pet yeah, uh, uh, who is it? Uh, Captain, Captain Phasma. Phasma. Yeah, and you know I would not spend thirteen dollars on that because I know that my dog would have it in pieces in about thirty seconds because that's what she does. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going through everything right now, and and the bowcaster is quite cool. Uh, there's another Nerf blaster, the uh, First Order Deluxe Blaster, which is actually just another Nerf blaster that they've repurposed. Mm-hmm. But we've added okay. a few more things onto it. Yeah, right? yeah, I'll I'll take it though. It's still pretty awesome. Though honestly, though, I just want the miniature scale um, star destroyer because it would fit really well on my desk with everything else. 
It does it pretty sweet. Interestingly, they don't have it on here, um, but Disney's actually releasing a drone. It's a Millennium Falcon drone. Yes, I saw that. It has four that is awesome. propellers, and it looks quite cool. So with that having four propellers, does that make it a quadcopter? It is. It's a quadcopter. Um, okay. But, but interestingly, I mean, this has been done before where people have taken a model of the Millennium Falcon and they have four uh, propellers branching out from it. So it's kind of like the control module. This one isn't that way. There's four spots inside the Millennium Falcon with the propellers mounted inside of it. So when it's and flying you around, what- you don't see the propeller blades. You just see a freaking Millennium Falcon flying. I would buy the crap out of that. <laughs> Interesting expression, but okay. Yes, <laughs> because that is how excited I am. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. If you're not a Star Wars fan, but you have someone in your life who is a Star Wars fan, I think I know what you should be getting them for Christmas. Do we know what the price on that Millennium Falcon drone is? I do not. I'm Does it matter? The Answer honestly, Zoner. Does it matter? <laughs> yeah, it, it really doesn't matter. I mean... People are going to buy it regardless because it's flipping cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, is there anything else to talk about with the toys? I think this is the first time we've had a toy segment on the show. Uh, we've, talked, we've talked to Legos and we've talked toys before. Hmm? But none this cool. We'll, we'll just put that out there. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've done a show since. I don't think we've been podcasting with the new Star Wars movie actually like coming out like this. And so this is kind of a first for us. This is true. This is very, very Especially true. with me being as big of a Star Wars geek as I am. You guys are going to get to see me embarrass myself repeatedly over the next four months. You're just going to be squeeing like crazy. Oh, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. That's all right. I've been squeeing over the Martian. So which one's more yeah, embarrassing? Well, Looks really cool. It does look really good. Uh, all right. Well, okay. So our headlines are all out of order. So let's see if we can make some sense of this on the fly. Let's start with, um, well, let's start with a couple follow-ups. Uh, the first one is about Windows 10. Okay. So last week we reported on how Microsoft released the numbers. 75 million activations in the wild. Pretty freaking awesome, right? I, I mean, even, even Colin, our resident Apple head, uh, Apple picker, What's a, derog- <laughs> What's a derogatory term I can use for Apple people? I like apple picker. Apple okay. picker sounds cool. <laughs> Put it on applesauce, like I was going to say. But <laughs> um, Yeah, even he had to admit, I mean, it is objectively the best OS launch in recent history. It has the highest rate of adoption. It has just been taking off like gangbusters. I don't think Microsoft could be asking for much more, except for maybe they would really like the Edge browser to take off as much. Yeah, and 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 really, who didn't see this coming? Uh, well, for, first of all, I, let, let's just say that the Edge browser is a really solid browser. It works really well, so well that um, I was using it for about a week and a half before I finally broke down and installed Chrome. It works that well that I either sometimes I didn't realize I was not running Chrome, and other times I didn't care. <laughs> The only time I needed Chrome was when I needed multiple profiles and, you know, didn't want to mess with trying to do the funky Google drop-down profile thing inside of the Google app. I wanted it natively in Chrome. But aside from that, 
Internet Explorer has gotten such a bad rap since IE5, IE6, and hasn't been able to break out of that. They thought they were going to break out of it by renaming, uh, by completely rebooting it and calling it Edge, but it didn't didn't help. So Pe- I, I people are I just I'll, stuck with the browser they have. I, I'm sorry, I, I interrupted you there, and then I completely slaughtered my point. But yeah, I was agreeing <laughs> with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, no. So 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 Internet Explorer has gotten such a bad reputation that people are used to installing Windows, then opening up Internet Explorer then download their favorite browser and never touch Internet Explorer again. It's it's almost become a habit that's so ubiquitous that they never even thought twice to give Edge a try because it was just the the tool they used to download their favorite browser. Uh, so it's it's kind of sad that it's worked out that way, and it might take an, another two or three years before people realize that, that Edge actually is really good. Yeah. Now, what I was trying to say before I completely stepped on my own tongue there, uh, I don't even know if that's a phrase. Wow, I'm not doing well tonight. But I, I, and I'm enjoying it because I think we should try and see how many new new terms you can new coin. idioms we've already coined. We've already got apple pickers. Step that, on your tongue. That's a zookism. <laughs> Hashtag um, zookism. We should totally do that now. Um, so... The thing is, though, and this is kind of reiterating and expanding on what Schmitty said, people have their habits, and when it comes to their software, they don't even think about it. And how dare you even consider they change their habits? And if it sounds like, no, no, it can't be that way, I would like you to remember when Chrome first came out. And everyone said you should really try Chrome. No, no, I use Firefox. Well, you should try Chrome. No, no, I don't like Internet Exploder. I use Firefox. Well, one, no one has called it Internet Explorer for a decade. So get with the times. Yeah, (laughs) Exploder. No one has called it that for a decade. Uh, And Firefox is now a bloated uh, mess. Well, now we are here to modern day, and everyone uses Chrome. And, well, you should really try Edge. No, no, I use Chrome. (laughs) Microsoft can't fool me by renaming Internet Exploder. Maybe they're not trying to fool you. Maybe you're just naturally a fool because it's not Internet Exploder. And it's not (laughs) Internet Explorer either. It's a whole new browser. And it's worth checking out. Not to mention, is it just me? Or has this last week Chrome been really causing problems? Yeah, I've, I have uh, for for a few things. I've switched to Edge browser just for for some certain browsing, but I have uh, I, I find myself using Edge more and more. Just uh, for for one to, to you know give it a shot and and trying out uh, different HTML five compatibilities, but also because yeah, Chrome is just starting to to choke, and I don't know if they're they're trying to push new features or or what, but but yeah, it's it's unstable right now. Uh, well, and I saw something that I guess the next release of Chrome is going to be less of a resource hawk as well. They've they've already disabled, you know, autoplay on Flash ads. They're getting rid of stuff with Flash. Um, yeah, Chrome has kind of become the bloat hog that that Firefox became, and so I mean, it's like full circle with these browsers. Yeah, kind of does seem that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, give Edge a try. Yeah. Yeah, right now the the current stats are saying that Edge has only managed to take up 14% of um, the overall market. However, it's not the technical overall market, because 14% doesn't sound bad, right? It's only a little over a month old. 14% is pretty respectable. 
except it's 14% of Windows 10 users. <laughs> so it's not 14% of all computers ever out there, just Windows 10 users, who are still only like 15 or 20% of overall Windows users. Yeah. So that's not very good. And this really reminds me of uh, when Firefox freaked out, remember? And wrote mm-hmm. that open letter saying how horrible it was that Microsoft was setting Edge as the default browser because no one would know how to change it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, I, I can kind of understand their plight. And I think we talked about this already. So forgive me if I'm beating a dead horse. But I, I think the main thing they were complaining about is that with every update you get, it resets the defaults again. So you have to go in and, and set your default again. Um, I don't I think, think that's that- the biggest... I don't think that's every update. And the only reason I say that is because since we've installed, and and I think all three of us installed either on day one or as close to it as we could, I've gotten a load of updates, and it's never reset my defaults. I I don't know quite why. Yeah, the security updates don't don't affect it. It's any update that changes um, any of the core elements, and they've had two of those. Um, Or at least for me, because I'm on on the insider preview. Um, So it... So you're right. It doesn't happen as often as uh, as I'm making it sound out sound as I'm. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, zookism. But it, it it'll be he's often caught a zookism that, that people will will get annoyed. So if they don't change it, zookism out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, hey, while we're on the topic of Chrome, though, let's go into. Um, some more Google news. Google did something that honestly made a bunch of sense this week, and the internet flipped its lid. They changed their logo. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see anyone flipping lids, but that was just me. <laughs> Yesterday, that was all I saw on the internet. I could not believe how much news coverage a simple logo change got. Verizon changed their logo. Hardly anybody commented on it. Yeah, it, it was it was nuts. Now, if you haven't seen it, you haven't been paying attention because you've seen it everywhere. It was even the doodle on Google today and yesterday, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And the new logo is much more cleaned up, uh, much more uniform, uses some slightly new coloring. It's using the same typeface they're using for the alphabet logo. Mm-hmm. I don't like it, but you know what? I don't care either. It's not my logo. <laughs> You know, See, I really like it, and yeah. and it's truly just a matter of p- opinion. It mm-hmm. is. I I won't lie. I liked the Bing logo when it first came out. Typographical snobs hated it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they just stretched it out. Look how bad that kerning is. Who the crap cares? <laughs> you know, I mean, I understand when a logo really invokes a sense of pity, like the Jeb Bush campaign logo. <laughs> This isn't a political rant, but seriously, if you haven't seen his logo yet, you really should, because it looks like the logo to a failed sitcom. <laughs> it's, yeah. well, it's really and in bad. Addi- in addition to the, to the Google logo, they also updated Google Now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. they changed up the font and the general, general look of it. I, I like it. I think it just looks clean. It looks very... Very slick. I'm, I'm a big fan. It really tightened the brand, is yes. what it did. It made everything very unified, and I get that, and it makes sense. And for people who are really freaking out, first off, stop freaking out. And second off, it goes without saying that Google has changed their logo many, many times. 
A lot. Yeah, a yeah. lot. The first one looked like it was made out of crayon and MS Paint. Okay, it so was. it probably was. Yeah, they were on a bit of a budget back then. Um, but just go with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's one thing to to complain about uh, feature updates. Yeah, like like in Facebook, every time Facebook pushes a new change, everyone complains about it. That's one thing, and I get that. But changing a logo hardly changes any functionality. The only downside to the to Google changing their logo was that it threw me off a little bit when when a Google Results tab had the new G favicon favicon instead of the old one that I'm used to. <laughs> you lost it in your tabs. <laughs> yeah, I'm like where is it? Oh, oh, it's that new colorful one. Okay. Now, and see now that I'm used to it, it's not a problem anymore. Exactly. But seriously, that that was the biggest problem I had with the new with the changes. Well, and even it's then, not a big let's, problem. <laughs> let's be perfectly honest. The logo isn't that different. It is identifiable as Google, not just because the word is Google. You know, let, let's not forget that. It's the iconic colors of Google that have always been the same colors. When Microsoft changed their logo from being the wavy kind of four-colored flag to just the straight um, isometric view of the four panes of a window, no one cared. And let's be frank, I like the new logo. I think it looks really classy. I think it looks really nice. I really like it. Um, You still identified it, though, as Windows. If Apple changed their logo so it was no longer the Apple with the bite taken out of it, but instead was, I don't know, an Apple tree. Yeah, people are allowed to freak out a little bit because that is no longer identifiable as Apple. You wouldn't be able to recognize it. But if they keep like the... It's, is that Red Delicious? Is it a gala? Yeah, people, <laughs> well, people wouldn't know. People wouldn't know. Yeah, if they keep the same logo, though, and microphone. change the font on the word Apple... No one should care because it's still identifiable as an Apple. Google's the same way. It's the same colors. It says the word Google, so it's not like it's hard to understand. True. It doesn't matter if you like it or not. You still know what it is. Let it go. (laughs) How many people do you think typed in Google.com, had their page pull up, and thought, wait a minute, this isn't (laughs) Google.com. What's happened to Google.com? They got hacked, and the hackers just changed the kerning on the font. The bastards. (laughs) Worst hack ever. <laughs> Worst hack ever. Oh, boy. <laughs> that kerning hack gets me all the time. Typographical anonymous. <laughs> we oh, put everything man. in Trajan. It's better than the Comic Sans hack. <laughs> <laughs> the Comic Sans hack of 2015. Oh, man. I remember when that came out. Uh, I want to change someone's font on their desktop to... Alt- all the com- all the fonts were Comic Sans. <laughs> I installed an extension on a coworker's Chrome browser without him knowing. It changed all the pictures on every website he visited to random Nicolas Cage pictures. Awesome. Ooh, that's awesome. He got really confused that. when he went to ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> that's not Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> not the bees. Not the bees. <laughs> Okay, uh, so let's move on more Google slash Android stuff because we've been talking about it, right? Um, first off, the new Moto 360 has uh, been leaked. The worst leak possible because we all knew this was coming. It's been leaked like crazy, right? So we have yeah. more images, looks a little bit thinner, has some more band options. We don't have a hard price on it yet, but we do know that it's coming this September, so sometime in the next 30 days. 
and it still has that annoying flat tire at the bottom of the window. If you don't know what that is, it's a round, it's a round faced watch, but the watch face itself doesn't fill the entire circle. There's a sliver taken out of the bottom where the sensors are placed. It's about two millimeters worth of space. Not a lot, but enough to bug someone with OCD or Mm -hmm. someone that knows what a circle is, for example. (laughs) Yeah. Um, now I did some measuring here uh, let's actually go on to the next one first. Okay. Uh, so we have that one. We have the, uh, Samsung galaxy S two, sorry, the gear S two, not galaxy that we talked Wait, about last week. Can I just say that, um, this, this moto three sixty uh, screenshots the, the biggest thing that's bugging me about these ones is that the screenshots show that the battery is at like 5%. Yeah, that's really irresponsible. They really should have charged that. Charge your battery before you uh, before you take screenshots. Definitely. Anyway, continue. Well, I know that like <laughs> Google in their Android versions, when they like do screenshots, there's like significance between like the clock and the battery percentage and stuff. So he's not wrong. Maybe maybe there's something here. Um, but so the, the Gear S2 that we talked about last week, um, almost as soon as we published the episode. More facts came out about it. Yes, it'll run on every version of Android phone. Um, it needs at least one and a half gigs of RAM and at least Android 4.4. So pretty much all the modern phones. So Schmidty and I called it. It is running Tizen, so Schmidty called it. And it looks freaking gorgeous, which we all knew from the video. Uh, and then Huawei's fashion, phone, fashion smartwatch, which I can't remember the name of, uh, is also coming out. And here's the reason why I'm bringing them all up, because I did a bit of uh, searching here. I, I like watches. I wear watches a lot. I wear a Citizen watch myself. I did some measurements, and my Citizen watch has a 41 millimeter face, meaning it's 41 millimeters diameter, right? And it uses a 22 millimeter band. It is 65 millimeters tall, which is a quarter inch. Many of these watches are all advertising... Uh, the watch diameter, which is great, and the band size. The Moto 360 comes in 42 and 46 millimeter versions uh, with uh, 20 and 22 millimeter bands. So honestly, it's about, you know, it's about uh, common. The Tizen one from Samsung is the same way, and the uh, the Huawei one is also the same way. But what they're not really advertising is how thick they are. And I did the math. These smart watches are like twice as thick as my standard watch. And I get why. But the tech, the technology is not quite there to make it look like a normal watch yet. It's it's getting so close, and I want yeah. to get excited. But every time I look at one of these beautiful things, I then see it on a watch, and it just looks sorry. Just I see it on a wrist, and I just want to laugh at it. <laughs> yeah. So the, the the watch face itself is getting smaller and more manageable, but the the height that it comes off your wrist is is significantly higher than you're used to if you if you wear watches. Um, and honestly, it it's not enough. It, for, from my experience, it's not enough to to bug the user of the of the phone of the watch once you get used to it because you're not looking at it at an angle all the time. You're looking at the at the watch face. It only bugs the people around you that you're wearing this huge cylinder hunk of your. metal. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Is he low jacked? What's with that? Is he a convict? <laughs> what is the weight compared? Um, the weight is actually about the same. Okay. Um, but that's actually an alarming thing to me because the reason most watches have weight is because they're made of high-quality materials. So I have a heavy stainless steel casing on my watch that gives it a bit of heft. And I like that. It's a sign of quality, right? Versus 
a bigger item that weighs the same made of plastic and light aluminum. Yeah. You see the difference there. But it can read me my email and give me directions. Oh, yeah. It can do Starbucks. way more. <laughs> it can do way more. I'm waiting for the time in the future when they have, and this will happen, mark my words, where it is a standard analog watch and the smart aspect of it is almost like a projection. Something projects from inside the watch up onto the back of the crystal, the watch face crystal. So it's almost like augmented reality. It's projecting information over the top of the watch, not in the air, just using the sapphire crystal on the watch itself. So you still have your mechanical watch, watch face, right? with all the smart functionality. That, that, that would be cool. Yeah. Just You're probably same. right. Let's... Let's mark that as a, a Zook prediction. Um, prediction. However, that's, that's going to be a prediction that's going to come like in 10 years because display technology is not there yet. Oh, man. I know. I know. Um, okay. Into some other stuff. Android Wear. What we're just talking about, right? We had mentioned before that someone had gotten this really roundabout way to make it work with an iOS. And all the Apple pickers... <laughs> All the Apple pickers out there said, yeah, but it wouldn't actually work, and there's no way it's actually going to do it. It's not nearly as good as a real solution. Well, Google said, well, you're right. How about we do it for real then? And they got <laughs> Android Wear to work with iOS. This is this is pretty pretty cool breakthrough, I would, I would say, because that's one of the biggest downsides of having um, – an iPhone is that you are stu- if you want a smartwatch you're stuck with one watch unless you just get like a regular bluetooth watch that just gives you call notifications um so you're really only stuck with one watch but now with the Android Wear app on iOS you've got this smorgasbord of of watches you can choose from now mm-hmm. now apps on the Google Wear watch are still limited obviously you can understand why but Mark my words, it's going to be any time now where someone manages to jailbreak that section or Google mm-hmm. just comes out and officially supports it. Yep. And kudos to them <laughs> for doing this because, yeah, somebody had to do it. Take it to the man, man. Yeah. Okay, uh, speaking of Apple, this is normally a headline we would have put at the very beginning because it's kind of a big one. But with us talking about Star Wars toys, things kind of went a kilter. We have our priorities in order. Exactly. I want to play. No more Apple news. So, um, <laughs> you know all those security leaks that uh, or, or security vulnerabilities that have been happening to Apple recently with uh, El Capitan? What? Is that, the, is that the new one? Apple doesn't get vulnerabilities. Right. It is impervious like Superman, except against magic. Um, <laughs> also like Superman. And common sense. <laughs> So a new one has been found, and it's particularly horrendous because it turns out it's been there for a while. An app developer wanted to build an app that interfaced with Apple's keychain. Now, if you do not use an Apple, you probably don't understand this, but a keychain is kind of what it sounds like. It's a place where it stores all your passwords, all your passwords. So websites that you want to save, uh, applications that have logins that you want to save, wireless access points or wireless networks, actual networks, and your computer itself. It stores, it's a database that stores all the passwords. And it's usually kept quite secure for that reason. Well, they wanted to interface with it, offer some additional features so they could build their app, and in the process found how to break it. 
<laughs> Not the way you want to find a bug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there is a new vulnerability uh, that they have been able to prove exists and have successfully exploited it. And it basically dumps and sends back all your keychain information in an SMS. In plain text. <laughs> not decrypted. It's all there for everyone to see. So, yeah, not not a good vulnerability that you want to have. Why can't a computer even send an SMS? It can. It sends an email to uh, an email address to your your service provider, and they, they text it to you. I guess is that that's how a push good bullet reason. works? What? No, no that, push bullet is, works a different way. Okay, because <laughs> I was going to say. By the way, top tip for all you Android users out there, if we haven't talked about it on the show yet, we should because we all like it. Use push bullet. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's very, very like awesome. being able to, to, to send SMS text messages from my computer. I like uh, being able to update uh, applications. Yeah. I actually run system updates from my computer for my phone. That's cool. And because I keep my phone on silent while I'm at work, and then I put my phone on my desk, my wife will call randomly through the day, and I completely miss it. And I annoy her severely because she thinks I'm avoiding her calls. And now I get a little notification that says, this person's calling. Yeah. And while we're on this tangent, I also use Push Bullet uh, when I'm when I'm researching things for, for the podcasts. I'll find links on my phone that I want to use and I'll push it to my to my desktop through push bullet. So next time I get to my desktop, there's the there's the article I wanted to read. That's an ingenious usage. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Works really well. I personally like to be able to text from my computer using my keyboard instead yeah. of having to break out the Too phone. late. Schmidty already called that one. You don't I get know, you don't get to like it too, man. That's not how but this works. That's what I like. So shush. <laughs> Text prediction on my keyboard is way better than on my on my phone. <laughs> anyone anyone else think that we should just have a day like a nationally recognized day where everyone does not correct the text correction that their phones give? You know, there's a lot of times where I won't on purpose, especially if they like autocorrect to something dirty. I'll just leave it. leave it. That explains a lot of the texts I get from you. It happens, yeah. <laughs> um, one of the text predictions uh, on my wife's phone, she accidentally, you, you know, if you if you select one of the the suggestions and then and then select it again, it saves it as a, a preferred text prediction. She accidentally added one to her her preferences, and so now anytime she puts the word "you" in a text, it changes it to "tippy" for some reason. So it's how are Tippy doing, or did Tippy remember to? <laughs> to it's, it, it's to the point where we we know what it is now, and she just doesn't correct it anymore. <laughs> so it's it's pretty funny. Yeah. So now that we're really far out on this tangent, <laughs> Push Bullet is also on iOS, but it's probably not as good. No, I'm joking. It probably does the exact same thing. Okay. Um. But so yeah. Um, I'm quite sure Apple will be addressing this vulnerability. I think the heat is too big on them right now. They've been getting so lambasted in the media for all of these security vulnerabilities. I, I think this is really going to do, you know, if anything, I think this is actually a good thing for Apple. I think they're finally going to start putting resources into security development that they just haven't done before. So if anything, we can take this away from it. This will, this will improve them, right? 
Right? Unless sure. they yeah. decide to remain in obscurity. I don't care because I don't use Apple products, so. <laughs> I don't either. It's a shame Colin's dead because I'd have fun ripping on him with this. Yeah, it gives us more to report on, and uh, and I just laugh because I'll never have an Apple product. Never say never. You thought you'd never leave BlackBerry either. <laughs> you had to bring that up. <laughs> no, I, oh, and I, I, was, I was telling my coworker today, I'm like, the only time I would ever, uh, on my own accord, buy an Apple product uh, to use as my main device would be if somehow for unexplic- some some unexplicable reason it was the only choice available like if if android and windows phone and tizen and all the other options were to just suddenly disappear okay yes fine i'll i'll buy apple it might take me two or three months because i'm i'm begrudging it but uh that's that's the only time it would happen <laughs> welcome to 1984 here is your state issued macbook <sighs> can i request a mac 2d2 no. Um, okay. Let's go to Amazon. Awesome. Who put these in? Because it wasn't me. Somebody uh, I put did. one of them. I did one of them. You, guys, you two can fight it out then. <laughs> you do well, yours. Since we're talking like mobile stuff, let's talk about the Amazon Prime uh, allowing members to download video for offline viewing on mobile devices. That's awesome. Finally. That's a big deal. <laughs> and I'm surprised that they're able to do that because I I would swear that Hollywood would say nope, copyright issues. Yeah, when I I, I think it's just for T V shows now that the movies part hasn't taken effect yet. Um but but T V shows are downloadable. Uh but yeah, it it you think that, that there would be a lot more backlash on this. Uh the reason why Netflix had or I think Netflix did do it but then took it away because of the the issue behind, you know, piracy and things like that. Yeah. So I don't know how they're pulling this off, but it it's, it's awesome. It only makes sense, though. I mean, yeah. and, and I don't just say that because I'm a tech lover, right? Because I'm a technophile and, hey, everyone should get on board with this because I don't care about the studios. But let me just put this out for you here. The studios really don't have as much to fear because it's coming from Amazon, going to an Amazon client only playable on said Amazon client, and when they reconnect, Amazon once again controls the the usage, the media usage. Yeah, but it's it, a closed it is, system. It is a closed system, but in in some way, it is uh, the entire the entirety of the video is on your device. Whether or not it's encrypted, it it is beside the point. It is available for for people to get their hands on and try to decrypt. Um, yeah, it's, it's but, been that way for. For a lot of different apps, so but 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 it's the same with streaming. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be a way that the people who are really technically minded can do this. Yeah, but the thing they, that they can't quite grasp, that they can't quite figure out, is that not everyone either wants to do that, or knows how to do it, or even wants to put forth the effort to try and learn how to do it. Because if it just works, why am I going to go and steal it? That's true. Yeah, and, and it goes. It also goes back to the point of. You know they're making things more easily accessible. It's decreasing even more that desire to to torrent things or illegally download things. Make things accessible, and people will stop pirating. And that's so that that's a good thing they're doing this. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll guarantee you this is probably in response to they found people actually were trying to download the streams and rip them and pirate them, so they could watch them offline. Yeah. <laughs> But you, you know what other uh, video streaming service does this? Voodoo. 
Voodoo, the uh, the Walmart backed one, does that as well. You and I only know this because I started watching uh, Fear the Walking Dead on on Voodoo. I did one to, to try out Voodoo, um, and two because I really wanted to watch Fear the Walking Dead. Um, but yeah, you can you can download it for offline view and and uh, which I would recommend anyway because then it, then it, there's less skipping. So I I did not fun. know that. That's a that's a strong vote of recommendation then for Voodoo. Yeah, I I never would have thought that Voodoo was so cool. <laughs> so now Amazon Dash. Yeah, so I put this one in here. I I'm I'm at I'm an Amazon Dash user. Uh, when it came out, I went and bought four of them, and and it's really cool. Uh, I I can't remember if we've talked about it on the show, but that's the little uh, programmable buttons that you can put yeah. different places and. Um, Almost like you can put it up with your laundry detergent, right? And when you're running low, click on the button, and it will add it to your purchasing list. No, it, it purchases it for you. It's a one. It's a one click, uh, a one click purchase. My kids um, would have way too much fun with that. Yeah, I was going to say, keep it out of reach of the kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and fortunately, you can set it so that it's it's it it's only one click, one purchase, and then it's not the button will not buy another one until the product has been shipped. So you could be buying diapers every two days if the kids are, are click happy. Um, so, but, but the, the reason for the article was that now they're, they're adding 11 more brands um, to the dash program before um, they, they did have a lot of brands to begin with. Uh, uh, Glad tide huggies. Um, uh, there, there were eight, 18 brands, but now they're, they're adding 11 more uh, including things like, uh, for mints, uh, Ziploc, uh, Orbit gum, probiotic supplements. So uh, they're they're starting to get more into more of the more of the household things that you're you're going to be buying on a regular basis. I, I find this kind of funny because in a very real way, Amazon has successfully made a real world version of the staples that was easy button. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and 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 it's also if you think about it. Since Amazon doesn't have a brick and mortar store, if if you think about it, they these are the end cap items. You go shopping for milk and, and eggs and things like that, and then you see Clorox wipes on, on on an end cap, and you're like, oh yeah, I do need to get some of those and, and grab it. You don't have that ability when you're shopping on Amazon, and so these are the end cap items, the things that you don't know you need until you actually run out of them. So this is a brilliant idea, um, and and then to to add on to the coolness factor, they're now bringing the price down from $5 to free. Um, they, they still cost $5 to, to buy it and ship it to you, but then you automatically get $5 off your first order from that. So so essentially you get this free button to replenish your <laughs> your diapers and your your detergent. and your. So it's, I mean, if we can't get any lazier than this, I don't know <laughs> what. It's going to be sometime in the future, if Amazon has their way, that we're all living in a small store. Pretty much, yeah. I I actually uh, thought that you know I'd get to the point where I'd have all these dash buttons around and I'd forget where I had them, and so like somewhere somehow we're like getting Orbit's gum being ordered every like two or three days, and it, because one of my kids found it and they're just sitting there clicking it every morning or something, you know. Uh, so I I kind of got the idea that instead of putting them where the the product usually usually is like you know the tide detergent we have all, down on the um the the washer and dryer 
but uh, instead of ha- doing that, have them all in the same place, almost like a like a dispenser machine. Almost, I would just go and just push the button of the one I want. And <laughs> I don't know. Almost like, like you need like a panel of them or something. That's like the geekiest vending machine I've ever heard of. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Now, here's an idea. If you are the do-it-yourselfer type, uh, like Schmitty, uh, sign up for a Amazon Dash, pay $5 to get it, use it once to buy something at least $5 and get your $5 back, and then hack it into something that you really want to use it for and use it with your home's Internet of Things mesh with your new oh, yeah. Samsung Smart Hub or Smart Things Hub. Nice segue. Thank you. And I say that actually... <laughs> I, I, I mean that because this new thing has sold me on an Internet of Things. If you're not familiar with the term, you need to get familiar with it fast because this is where all of our homes are headed. The idea of a connected thermostat, of window sensors, of door locks, of cameras. Um, motion sensors. Motion sensors. And then your appliances are starting to talk to Wi-Fi. This is all happening. Well, SmartThings has their hub, and it's only $99 has a 10-hour backup battery, can control all the sensors that I just talked about, and motion capture cameras. That's incredible. I was not convinced on the Internet of Things when these systems were like $100 each, never mind the hub, that was like $500, and it didn't really work. But this is dropping in price point and increasing feature points such that it's like, yeah, you can't deny this anymore. It's going to happen. Uh, now, what was I talking about with the Amazon Dash buttons? Well, if you have a little bit of DIY knowledge, or you can do a Google search, you can repurpose those and join them to your hub and get them to do whatever you want. Yeah. A, a light switch that says Tide on it. <laughs> or Well, you can uh, paint the label. <laughs> <laughs> or a, a, a switch that uh, will automatically set the house to away mode or... Stuff like that. You could wire it into your Habit Habitica account, your Habit RPG account. Get kind of Pavlovian response there every time you do a habit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. You could use it to call your BB-8 droid. There you go. We've gone full circle. The circle is now complete. Um, or in BB-8, in BB-8's case, the sphere is now complete. Ooh. That's more than just 360 degrees. I know. That's, That's like a lot of 360, 360 degrees. <laughs> hey, you know what we didn't talk about and we really should have? Samsung's stupid tablet. <laughs> well, the one that should be a, a, a monitor? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Galaxy View. I got to ask, what idiot out there was asking for an 18-inch tablet and can I slap you? <laughs> With the 18-inch tablet. That's like a TV, man. 18 inches. And what's worse is that it only has a 1080 display. My phone has a higher resolution than that. So 18 inches. Yeah, a 1080 expanded out to 18 inches. Um, It's not going to have the greatest uh, pixels per inch. Retina display this ain't. Now there's always room for improvement. (laughs) But I I, got to think. I mean, you have... have, uh, this 18.4-inch tablet, it better somehow also double as a second monitor somehow. You know, plug this into your laptop and get a second monitor because it's big enough to be a monitor. Um, resolution isn't there. But, I mean, that's really the only thing I can think of to use it. I can't imagine carrying around an 18-inch 
tablet. I used to have an 18.4 inch laptop. Well, I still have it. I just don't use it. And that thing is huge. Yeah. And, and weighed a ton. I can't imagine carrying around something that same size, albeit slimmer, uh, for use as a tablet. It's just, it doesn't seem practical to me. <laughs> it also has an older CPU, only two gigs of RAM, 32 gigs of storage, and for some strange reason, cameras. You know how when you're at some <laughs> awesome event and there's always that person holding up their full-size iPad. iPad using it as a camera? And you know that you, that's it's like, I really hope like you forgot you were coming here and you forgot to bring your phone, camera, or anything else. But you else. know that's not the case. Yeah, that's you know. never the case. Can you imagine? This is like it's a bigger screen. A it's better resolution, right? It's like it's you're a picking a TV screen. up and like taking a picture with it. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it's going to look like. Oh, you're going to have old people dislocating their shoulders as they try and take photos with this thing. <laughs> oh, fun. I don't know what Samsung's thinking. I hope this never sees the light of day. It, it we, no one needs it. No one wants it. Um, in oh, other- you know somebody wants it. I, I can see it as if you if you buy this to like embed in your wall for like a uh, you know for your IoT system you know Internet that, of Things that would be practical being able to control it, it's almost like your home dashboard for controlling things but it's hard mounted to the wall I can see that but carrying it around and using like a, a regular everyday mobile tablet no if only you could build your own with like I don't know a Raspberry Pi and a touchscreen hmm. Hmm. Touchscreen is that big or really expensive? <laughs> or, or, or never mind that. Try an Intel uh, smart stick. That's a full Windows yeah. 10 machine in a hundred and fifty dollars stick. Mm-hmm. With the same specs, I'm just saying, this is like the worst way to do things. Samsung. Um, going back to TV streaming, I told you we were all over the place. Uh, Hulu is offering an ad-free uh, subscription. We mentioned this a couple weeks ago that there were rumors. But mm-hmm. it's live now. It's it's an actual thing. Twelve bucks, you get ad free Hulu. That's, I think yeah. we talked about this on the episode where you were gone because uh, we missed out on your rage at the <laughs> thought of at the thought of Hulu commercials. The, the forty minutes of commercials for a twenty minute show. Oh. <laughs> I hate that so much. Yeah. yeah, and this this makes sense. And it, why they didn't have it earlier, who knows? But the thing that I'm waiting for, and, Hulu and I'm knows. sorry, this is this is a little bit of a tangent, but kind of not. Uh, I am getting a, more and more bugged by YouTube ads. Uh, I sit down and enjoy YouTube videos with my kids every once in a while, and ads used to not be a problem, but now I'm getting an ad every other after every other video. So I'll watch two videos and then get an ad, another two videos and get an ad, and it'd be fine if they were kid-related videos, but these are like Bud Light ads and things like that. I remember um, that. We're getting like Bacardi ads on Sesame Street videos. Yeah. It's like, and so why? Ashley Madison ads on <laughs> Sesame Street videos. Business is booming, kids. Can you say booming? Every time I get an ad, I say to the person I'm next to, like, I'd be okay paying 10 bucks a month to get an ad-free YouTube. Give, give me a subscription model on YouTube. I'll pay for it. Because I, I do not want that many ads. One, one every six videos was fine, but not one every two videos. Or it's, it's getting too much. Yeah. 
Now, knowing my luck, even if I was paying for this Hulu subscription, I'd still get like it just cut down to twenty minutes of ads. Congratulations! You've to, to unlock it'd be like a free, freemium game to unlock no ads, pay an additional five dollars. <laughs> this is a right. premium ad. We need to show this one to you. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. Um, into a real weird one. Facebook is actually developing software for schools. We don't have a lot of time to get into this, and frankly, it's a little bit more complex than any of us can get into, but uh, there are some Silicon Valley schools that are taking very different approaches to how kids learn, and they want Facebook to, well, they wanted Facebook to build a software to handle this, and it's done, and they want to release it out to all schools for free. Pretty cool. I can't lie. It, it's really cool. Um and never mind the fact that it's from Facebook, who I don't inherently trust. Um, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, the, and, and the tw- if they're known for one thing, it's, it's making solid software. Whether or not you like the software, I mean, I mean look, at, look at Facebook. I mean, Facebook.com as an example. It's really solid as far as the front-end UX goes and everything. Not everyone likes all the features, but it works for what it's meant meant to do. Their their developers are solid developers, and they can put out really good products. And so, I, th- this makes a lot of sense that um, their developers would be doing something like this. Mm-hmm. Now, the way it's different from a typical school. I mean, like I said, we don't have time to really get into it because let's face it, we could. Is that um, current school models basically sit kids down and lecture them until certain facts are drilled into their heads? When the three of us went to school, it was just okay to recite facts and you'd learn right you'd you'd retain the facts long enough to take the test and then you'd forget them right um which is why so many people we graduate with are idiots who have forgotten everything and honestly can't remember a thing because it wasn't taught to them correctly now with the whole uh common core they're really big on teaching kids how to learn this is how you learn which is equally stupid because every kid learns differently and you can't make one solid this is how you learn model so what this school that Facebook's been working with and with this software, it's kind of more teaching kids how to find out facts, how to research it on their own, how to take what they find and turn it into knowledge they actually know and understand and retain, and it works. 99% of their graduating classes go to college, and 55% of those kids complete college. At first you're thinking, well, 55%, that's only half. Yeah, well, the national average is 28%. From from our public system. Yeah. yeah. And these are kids who, like, 48% of them qualify for free lunch. And 13% of them, English isn't even their first language. They had to learn English in the class. Yeah. So, I mean, th- those are some impressive results. I'd like to see my kids do something like that. Um, and finally, I think this is, yeah, this is our last headline here. That Grand Theft Auto TV show that the BBC was working for that Rockstar Games wanted to sue, it's a go. In fact, it has a trailer now. Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter himself, is playing the president uh, of the game company in question. And Bill Paxton is uh, playing, oh, what's his bucket? Star Ace Attorney, who wanted to sue all video game manufacturers into oblivion. <laughs> I don't remember the guy's name. I know who you're talking about, though. Yeah. Um, I just want to hear him say Expelliarmus sometime during the movie. <laughs> I, I just, oh my gosh. Uh, I never thought... Jack Thompson. Jack Thompson. That's his name. 
I never thought he'd ever be famous enough to have his own role in a movie. And I'm kind of upset he does. <laughs> Let's besmirch the success of others. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, he wasn't exactly or successful. Or begrudge. He wasn't exactly successful. But I guess even someone has to play Hitler in a movie. So, Yes. No, he, I I'm saw not... a lot of movies in which Hitler actually played himself. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to admit you have that collection. <laughs> no, it's it's on History Channel all the time. Gotcha. There's a lot of them on Netflix. Yeah, he plays himself. At least that's what we're led to believe. Introducing Hitler as himself. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get some hate for that one. Okay, into our favorites. My favorite this week is a violent video game that Jack Thompson would definitely not approve of. But I don't care because it's fracking gorgeous. Uh, It's the Halo 5 opening cinematic, which I was pleased to realize also starred uh, Gunnery Sergeant Buck. Who's that? It's Nathan Nathan Fillion. It's Captain Malcolm Reynolds. He famously played the character uh, who was the leader of the squadron in Halo 3 ODST. He also had a uh, cameo role in Halo 3 itself and had a role in Halo Reach. Well, he's a Spartan now. He's a full-blown Spartan, and he is part of Fireteam Osiris, who is the lead team in Halo 5. And this cinematic is gorgeous. I mean that. I don't just mean that as a Halo fan. It's like they could make a movie like this, and it would sell. It is so well done, and I'm only slightly depressed knowing that the rest of the game I will not be able to do any of these moves. (laughs) Like, the things that they're doing in the game are way cooler than anything I'll ever be able to do in-game. Yeah. So, that's my favorite. Check it out if you haven't already. And my favorite, because Zook took mine, um, or posted it in the doc before I could, uh, is a a new mode. Well, not a new mode, but it's a mode in Windows 10 that we we just recently discovered, um, named after one of my favorite people. No, it's not called Colin Mode. Um, It's the God Mode in Windows 10. And even more oddly, even more odd, <laughs> um, uh, it has existed since Windows Vista. And how I never knew about this, I'm I'm, I'm really confused at at that fact. But uh, you, uh, after enabling God mode, you have shortcuts to all these uh, mostly admin only features of of Windows and uh, and settings. And it makes life a lot easier for someone who likes to tweak their windows. Uh, that that came out wrong, but check it out. <laughs> I was kidding. There's just so many things I could say there. Um, okay, my favorite is an article found at Topless Robot. Uh, I think it actually uh, went up today, uh, Thursday, September third. Uh, but it was. It is the. 10 Biggest and Most Avoidable Movie Fight Mistakes, written by Stephen Kelleher, who is a former UFC fighter. And it goes through the, I think, it, the yeah, top 10 um, mistakes, gives an example of what was good, a movie that got this particular thing good, and one that got it bad. Uh, needless to say, the guy really likes Captain America the Winter Soldier. Um, Daredevil... He liked some. He didn't like some. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a fascinating read. If you enjoy movie fight scenes, it provides a kind of a unique perspective that I had never had before. So uh, check it out. 
Very cool. Well, that is our show this week. Please let us know what you're thinking. Give us a jingle, 801-917-GEEK. Email us feedback at StolenDroids.com. Um, you know, tweet us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, hello us, and circle us on Google+. Until next time, cheers. And the blind. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.